When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the Dungeon of Doom. I am Kyle Meinke, Lions beat writer for MLive. Joined as always by Ben Raven. Um, 28 to 13 final here in Chicago, Ben. Lions go down and they face two double digit leads in this game against the Bears after having a double digit deficit against them, uh, what, three weeks ago against the Bears. The Bears are one of the worst teams. And like, I'm sorry, you know, Dan Campbell, everyone else has done their best to talk up the Bears and their talent level. And there are some talented players, but this is a last place team. And the Lions have played basically, what, seven pretty bad quarters against these guys. What was your your big takeaway, I guess, from today's game? Just that everything was broken today because I'd love to sit here and blame one aspect of it, but like, the defense was sloppy pretty much from start to finish. There were highs and low points, but the offense, it just, outside of some really inventive play calling by Ben Johnson to get his pieces in the right spot in the first half, it just, this was a game lacking this team's identity. And it never felt like they were truly in it, even when they come out of the halftime with a lead somehow. It just never felt like the team we've watched all year, even in some of their low moments. It just, it was a, it was a loss lacking identity. And I'm not saying they weren't motivated or, playing hard or anything like that, but it was just miscues and missed opportunities across the board for 60 minutes. I mean, there was a couple of missed tackles on the very first right. drive of the game. One was from Alex Anzalone, who's normally normally very good. Um, next defensive series, there's another one by Alex Anzalone. Then he picks up a defensive holding on third and, what was it, five or four yeah. or something. Automatic first down. Very next play, 28-yard pass that he's beat on and then has an unnecessary roughness. So, the Bears went from like their own 18 or something like that to the Lions, like 30. I, I, I mean, they gained like 50 yards of field position on two plays. And it was just it, it was just a, a tumbling effect from there on both sides of the ball. Jerry Jacobs was bad. I mean, we'll get into all that stuff in a moment. But I guess for me, Ben, the big thing was the the disappearing act from the offense in the second half. This is a very good offense that did not look very good today. Um, they had two really nice touch on drives um, in the second quarter. Goff had, you know, a really nice fourth down pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones in that sequence. Really nice touch on pass to Josh Reynolds. And there's not many more nice things I can say about what the <laughs> offense did in this game. And the third quarter issues, I mean, that's like a season-long thing. They ranked 20th in scoring in the third quarter coming into this weekend. 11 of the 12 teams behind them, all losing teams, by the way. (laughs) It's important to be good coming out of halftime. And for as good as the Lions have been, they were awful. I mean, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Turnover, downs, downs, downs. That That was their second half. 61 yards in the second half. Ben, I mean, you've watched all these games. Uh, Can you explain what you've seen from this team in the third quarter this year? No, offensively. No, I cannot. I cannot because it's like you feel like take momentum at your own meanings. I mean it for to be like, all right, they went into the half on a little positive run there. They come out of the second half and it looks just like a lifeless team that like 
lost all of its creativity that like lost all of its like when stuff was broken i didn't feel them change today i mean shoot the best their offense looked in the second half is when they were down by two scores and they were just running the ball up the middle with david montgomery and that's not good the passing attack has really kind of gone to the wayside these last couple of weeks and i mean teams are succeeding in defending an amon ross st brown right now i mean he will eventually get his because he's that good but right now He's being taken out of the game plan, and you see what happens to that passing attack when he's not there on third downs. Well, I haven't seen the film yet from this game, obviously, but last week in New Orleans, he got a lot of bracket coverage, a lot of doubles. And that, I mean, that leads to a game like what Sam Laporta had. You know, he had Sam Laporta had one on ones all day against guys who were smaller than him, and he made hey, nine catches on nine targets, 140 yards. I mean, really a, a, a great day in a historic season for Sam Laporta. The difference today was they didn't have anyone like that step up. Yeah. I mean, the, the no one on the team caught more than three passes. No one had more than 44 yards. Uh, J-Mo, zero catches on one target. I mean, where, where are you at, man? And so that was that was the big difference in the in the passing game. It's okay. I mean, I, I assume the Bears took a similar tact as New Orleans mm-hmm. and just threw everything at Amon Ra because he's so good. And there was just no one else stepping up. And once they fell behind by double digits, once they fell behind by double digits again, like it really took away their their running game. So there wasn't a lot of balance. You have to pass the football in those situations. And when it's a cold, really windy day, that's difficult. And I'll also add, Ben, the penalties. I mean, they had eight as a team, which was the third most of the season. But the pre-snap stuff, they they had three different offensive linemen Flagged for jumping early, uh, Jonah Jackson, Penesul yeah. of all people, and then Ko Lawasika uh, toward the end, and that put the Lions in you know even longer situations behind the sticks, and they didn't convert any of those drives into a first down after the penalty. I, like they're facing a good defense, they're facing big deficits, so they have to pass the ball. They're one dimensional. The, the the Bears can play, uh, you know, pin their ears back and, and go after Detroit. And they're making it worse on themselves with all these penalties. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the the passing attack, I mean, when Goff was pressured, it was ugly. And there were even instances where he had time, and it was just off. Like, they were just off today. There were so many throws that you could have guessed between two guys who was the targeted receiver today. And I do think some of that pressure was that. But he just seemed off today. Like, this was an ugly, jarringly, kind of like lifeless game from Goff. Well, yeah, 20 of 35, 161, one touchdown and two interceptions. And man, just, they tried throwing it to St. Brown nine times. And I'll say this about J-Mo. I was a little bummed out about his like route tree today. Like, nothing went past 12 or 15 yards besides the ill-fated, I don't even know who to blame <laughs> his deep shot on. He never turned around until the ball was on the ground, but Goff also left it about 15 yards short. So it's just like, Something was so off in that passing attack today. And yeah, the Bears are not a good team, but I will give them props because Iberflus has them playing good defense and they look more comfortable in his scheme. Montez Sweat has been an excellent addition for them. I mean, he made noise today. He was in Goff's face today. That disrupted things. But like, like I said, even when Goff had a clean pocket, it was off. It was erratic. It was inaccurate. And it, it it just it just stunted any chance. Like this didn't feel like a couple weeks ago where they were like a big play away. Like it was like, oh, they're dead in the water, and it felt like that in the middle of the third quarter. On the uh, plus side, I thought the running game was pretty effectual. Um, you know, they ran for 140 yards, 5.8 as a team, and uh, Gibbs and Montgomery, uh, those guys ran for like I don't know, like 130 yards. Or so they averaged more than six a carry. Um, and Gibbs, you know, he had the 38 yard or 37 yard or whatever it was. 
Um, they got them moving at a time when they weren't <laughs> early in the game. Um, and then had the the touchdown run too on a really interesting play call by uh, Ben Johnson, where Penesul lined up at left tackle. <laughs> um, and at, like I think it's because they were playing the Bears for the second time in three uh, three or four weeks, whatever it is. And I know they were concerned. The Lions were concerned that you know the Bears were coming off their bye, so the Bears were going to have this extra week of rest and extra time to put in new wrinkles for a team they had just seen while the Lions did not have that benefit. I think they were concerned about that. We heard it a few Mm -hmm. times from coaches throughout the week. And they ran so many, like I haven't seen them empty out the playbook quite as much this season as they did today. I mean, you had Dan Skipper running routes, (laughs) Penesu at left tackle, at wide receiver, you had Sam Laporta running um, from fullback. He actually got a carry, Um, all kinds of new stuff. And I, I did wonder, Ben, if maybe all the new wrinkles they put in stuff we haven't seen before maybe was leading to some of the penalty issues that we saw guys just thinking too much, maybe information overload. I, I, I don't know if there's a link between the two, but you know, when we talked to Dan Campbell after the game, he certainly like he, he went up there just spitting fire about yes. the the penalties. <laughs> and I think he mentioned the word penalty like seven times in his, um, his, uh, his press conference, who was clearly miffed by, by the lack of discipline. I mean, this was a very disciplined team early in the season. We've seen a uh, degradation of, of uh, discipline over the past few weeks. I, I still haven't seen this team play a complete game since the bye. No, that's a hundred percent. Yeah. They were in so many first and 15, second and 15 holes. And like, that's a great point because I think every position coach and coordinator and the head coach this week talked about being wary of the bears, having all that extra time. And I mean, they put Sewell and Decker on the same side three times. That 36-yard run went mm-hmm. the other direction. Like, they went away from Sewell and Decker. They had the Bears load that side of the field, so they definitely were trying to, like, just find a spot to catch the Bears off guard equally as much as the Bears might have been catching them off guard because, man, I think those fears were justified because you look at how the Bears defended the Lions, and it worked to a freaking T outside of those unique looks that we haven't even seen. The offense had that nice uh, thirteen-point burst in the in the second quarter. Other than that, it was a, it probably, I mean, this and the Baltimore game were the two worst offensive games for Detroit this season. It's a good defense. I mean, you got to tip your hat. I thought the real failure in this game and the the reason the the Lions lost it um, was was the offense. But I thought the defense actually played like better football. Yeah. I, I mean, it's weird to say because they they still gave up whatever it was twenty eight points to the Bears. Um, but I think only two of the Bears scoring like like only two of the Bears scoring drives actually began in Lions territory. Or actually began in Bears territory. Like they were just getting short field and a short field after short field because of the, the turnovers, a couple of interceptions. There was the fumbled snap deep in their own territory that led to a touchdown. Um, plus all the three and outs in the in the second half, turnovers on down. Um you know, I, I thought actually, despite what the numbers say, Ben, I thought the defense maybe took a step forward. What did you think? Yeah, I, I came out of this game not feeling as, I mean, I have my concerns about the defense for sure, but like, no doubt, because your point right there, the Bears put 15 points on the board between the third and the fourth quarter, starting at the 50, Detroit's 29, and Detroit's 30. There you go. No matter what defense you are in this yeah. league, that's tough. That is brutal. That is tough. And I mean, I'll give the Lions credit because I was getting a little annoyed there's no personnel changes. Like we're seeing the same stuff happen week after week. They tried to move some pieces around. Mm-hmm. Tracy Walker out early. Um, Jerry Jacobs came out for a bit. Then Kendall Vildor went down with an injury. Then Jerry Jacobs finished the game. You know, and Jalen Reeves Maben. I mean, you got it's getting hard to keep him off the field because he put a lot of good tape 
defensive tape on not that many snaps out there again. So I, I will give the defense and Aaron Glenn credit because they tried to change things up. They tried to give it different looks when stuff was going wrong. They tried to fix it. And, uh, yeah, you want to talk about discipline and penalties, the defense, <laughs> man. I mean, that's the most emotional I've ever seen Aiden Hutchinson. He was a wreck after jumping early. Let me talk about pre-snap penalties. That was a big one. Fourth and long there, you know, they're trying yeah. to, to make you jump. And that's exactly what he did. He played right into the Bears' hands. I think the Bears were a little shocked by that. They snapped the football. Moore even said, DJ Moore, the receiver, even said after the game, once he saw Hutchinson um, go early, it was just me, me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. And hey, when you got Jerry Jacobs lined up across from you, uh, that's what you should do. Absolutely. We've talked about Jerry. We we love Jerry. I love Jerry. Uh, he is such a good dude. He's one of my favorite guys in the locker room to talk to. Um, you never you never know where a sentence is gonna finish. That guy's <laughs> got a little Darius Slay in him, but on the field, he has struggled. Um, I think he's allowed 12 or 15 passes to be completed over the last three weeks. It's not it's not good. A lot of big plays in there. And today was more of the same. He allowed a, a first down catch on third down in this game. I think it was like just a couple plays later, he gets flagged for pass interference and then the 38-yard touchdown. I mean, like it's fourth and 13, bro. Like, you know. You know where they're going, especially with DJ Moore. I mean, they, they, he's their deep guy. And you you just got caught on your heels and you got wasted by like two steps. I mean, he wasn't even close to Moore. He more walked into the end zone. I don't know what options they have, but they're clearly kicking around the options with with Vildor. I, yeah. I can't remember his first name. Uh, he just got signed to the practice squad. But like he's already out there playing snaps in his first game today. He had some cramping issues. He might have played more otherwise. But um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see more of Vildor Going forward, and that's how bad Jerry Jacobs has been. They don't. This team doesn't have a true CB one or CB two, yeah. right? Like Cam Sutton is solid. He'd be a really good number two, but he's got to be the one on this team. Yeah. And that just—it's just creates a messy situation where Jerry Jacobs should be playing special teams and be a guy off the bench in the defense, and instead he's playing ninety-five percent of the snaps, and that's just not—he's Benny's just not there. And and yeah. we're seeing weekly now offenses are exploiting him. What's going on everyone? Ben Raven with MLive's Detroit Lions Beat here. Just want to point in the direction of MLive's new Dungeon of Doom Insider Tech Service. Sign up now for a 14-day free trial. And then after that, it's only $4.99 a month to text with myself, to text with Kyle Mikey, and to text with Corey Woods. And not only are you going to get updates and analysis from us with some one-on-one -on -one individual conversations on the side, but you're going to be on the front line to be featured on MLive's Dungeon of Doom podcast when we come calling for mailbag questions. Once again, check out joinsubtext.com slash Dungeon of Doom. 14-day free trial, $4.99 after that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is like the umpteenth week in a row. We're like, man, the Bears, the opposing team, fill in the blank. Really attack number 23 out there. But, man, I mean, to add on to Hutchinson, because there was a play after the game that a lot of people were blown up about. Dan Campbell kind of alluded to it. was like on that Fields touchdown run that put the Bears up by two scores on third and goal on uh, the 11-yard line. Dan pretty much just said, yeah, somebody needed to be outside. To add Hutchinson's take on that, he admitted that he made the personal choice to stunt towards the inside on that play. He put that on him. He said he put his D tackle in the wrong situation and just kind of like, yeah, I'm playing Justin Fields. I should have set the edge 100%. So it's just like breakdowns like that. Like the defense got put in bad spot after bad spot, and they just couldn't get off the field in those 
tough, crucial spots that they needed it to. Like, man, they needed to force a field goal on that place so bad. And they needed, obviously, not to give up a free play Matthew Stafford special touchdown to DJ Moore there. Because <laughs> that used to be our favorite thing from Stafford is how he would just sling it downfield whenever he would get a defender to jump. And it was just like, man, just it's tough because I don't know what they're supposed to do at corner. Like, I, at least they're trying stuff new. Maybe we'll, still get, we'll see Gilmore. Maybe we'll see more... Uh, Hendel Vildor, great name. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll see because Jerry's not the answer to CB2 right now. And it's it's just hard to put it all on him, too, because like you said, and we said last week, Sutton's better suited to be a CB2. He's an every down CB1. Jacobs is better to be a rotational piece. He's like a near every down CB2 for most of the season. So it's like, it's one of those games where you're just like, what are they supposed to do? I don't know. <laughs> we saw, you know, changes to the personnel in the back end. I think more are coming. You know, yeah. Malfan was already. Uh, taking uh, Tracy Walker's spot of safety. You mentioned Vildor corner. I think we're going to see more of that going forward. But there were changes at, at every level mm-hmm. of the defense as they try to figure this thing out. They have one of the worst defenses in the league since the bye. Um, it's 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 not not tenable as anyone listening to this podcast knows. Yeah. Been, even after wins, it's like hey, they won the game, but like feel good today, but. But be concerned going forward because, you know, December football, like there's a hard four game stretch to conclude the season for Detroit. Uh, and then there's the playoffs, you know, see these, be- these best teams and, and great quarterbacks. And they, I just don't think they have the defense. And we're seeing it again against the Bears and, the, and the, the Lions are like to give them credit. They're trying to tinker. It was injury induced, but up front we saw more of um, Isaiah Bugs playing for Ali McNeil. He started this game, but they're going to mix and match. I didn't think the, the the play was particularly good in the interior there. They just signed a another thirty six year old defensive te- defensive lineman <laughs> this past week. We might see him nice, uh, you know, next as soon as next week. Uh, and then at linebacker, you mentioned Jalen Jalen Reeves, maybe, but I just wanted to to come back to it real quickly, Ben, because yeah. I, th- I think that. He's been a huge surprise for me. I mean, you're talking about a defense that's looking for answers, and I think it's pretty thin. I mean, they're throwing guys off the practice squad, a corner, and on the defensive line and everything. But I will say that Jalen Rees-Mabin, for as good as he's been on special teams, like he started playing defense last week when Anzalone was out, and he was a pleasant surprise. He had a pass breakup. He had a a sack. I thought he was pretty good. He made impact plays. Um, And this week we saw the same thing. saw a sack, saw a pass breakup, and Ben, both those plays were on third down. He was a staple on the third down package, continued to produce well. And I mean, I'm I'm just here sitting on my my soapbox a little bit saying like, (laughs) get the man more snaps. Like you're looking for guys who can make plays. And um, he's one of the few that has the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Reeves Maben is very natural in coverage an underrated closer. I mean, you have to be to be as good on kickoff and punt coverage as he is to have that speed. And he really showed it on that sack of fields. And I just think if Aaron Glenn is going to keep throwing out three linebackers on the field like he did a lot today. Get Reeves Maven out there because I think he might be your best coverage linebacker this year. Like from what we've seen the last two games moving forward, he might be that outside of Anzalone. We don't know what he's going to be. Obviously adjust into that hand thing today and had a pretty sloppy. He was, he was trying to do too much. I think what it was, I think he was fired up to be back because that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the sideline is like the least Alex Anzalone thing that I've seen from him happen. But uh, yeah, Reeves Maven, man, I'll pound the table for that too. The way he looked in coverage today, the way he looks when he gets to pin his ears back and get after the quarterback, there's something there that could be an answer. You don't really need an answer at linebacker technically, but there's one there and you can move some pieces around and figure it out because they got to get their best guys on the field. We are now sitting in a darkened room. (laughs) Soldier (laughs) appeals. Well done and carrying on as the janitors turned off the lights on us. (laughs) M Live is uh, bringing the midnight oil here in in Chicago. 
But before we wrap this up, Ben, I guess we kind of, you know, we do this big picture thing sometimes out of the games. I guess that's what you do with a first place team because there's just so much on the line. Yeah, we're new. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a new thing to me, man. It's a new world. I'm, I'm figuring it out. Um, the loss hurts. You, you never want to lose to a, a last place team when you're trying to, you know, when you're playing for playoff seating and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they are still nine and four. Minnesota did win today. So the, the, the lead in the North is down to two games. But you have two games against Minnesota left. All the goals are in front of them. But you, like, I can't help but the, like, feel this creeping feeling that this is a team that peaked too early. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say mm-hmm. they can't take, trend back up again. Maybe they can. But at what point, like, like it's been, what, five, six weeks since the bye? Uh, you know, they played a really good game against the Raiders before the bye. And since then, I mean, you know, they, they needed everything from Jared Goff to hit the hole off the chargers. I don't think the chargers punted in the second half of that game. And it just, it just been a slide since, I guess, where are you at in terms of your concern about this team heading into the final month of the season? I'll say the Vikings won today, but what was that score? Okay. Three, no, yeah, no (laughs) soccer, baby. Yep. That's right. And Dobbs got replaced by Nick Mullen. So I am not concerned about the Vikings in this division, but I will say this. Leaving the door open for the Green Bay Packers and their very favorable schedule down the stretch is not a thing they want to do. Leaving the door open to fall down in the seedings is not what they want to do. This team needs a home playoff game. Like, they need it. So we'll see what happens this weekend. The primetime babies are back in primetime. They've been great in primetime this year. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same about this team. It's like the problems are the problems, and there's there's not a lot of help on the way. But, like, I, I just don't expect this team to shoot themselves in the foot as many times as they did today on both sides of the ball. So I guess I'll chop it up as an anomaly today. An anomaly? There's that word. Today at Soldier Field. But yeah, uh, this weekend is an interesting opportunity for Dan Campbell taking on his mentor under the lights. Needs a win. Chance to get to 10 and kind of close the gap on that division. And uh, we'll see what happens. They've been great in prime time this year. Maybe that's the kickstart they need for the home stretch. They've also been great coming out of their worst moments. Yep. They haven't had a losing streak in 13 plus months now. I spent way too much time going down a rabbit hole on Tuesday when we were not in the building. It's actually the longest uh, streak without a, a losing streak in the, in the modern era of the franchise. I got back to like, the 50s and I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of no, done. No. <laughs> yeah, we're in Portsmouth. But, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, I mean, as you might expect from the Detroit Lions, like they just haven't had stretch like this where they've been this consistent where they've you know played well and when they have had adversity they've responded every time this is a team of resilience mm-hmm. it's, it's a roster full of resilient players guys who have seen the pits of the nfl yeah. you know like taylor decker of all the players i talked to i know you talked to aiden hutchinson and you said he was crying a little bit <laughs> and i talked to taylor decker he was the most emotional guy that i saw okay. he's the longest yeah. tenured um guy on the team and he wasn't crying but he was emotional he looked pissed off but not in like a mean way in like a sad way um you know these guys have seen bad football and they have responded like they've been able to turn that corner culturally where you know forever it was like even when they did something good it was like okay waiting for the next shoe to drop for 13 14 months now they've been able to respond to all of those moments all of them with a win with good football and I think that says a lot about the team, the coach, the the culture. Um, and I think you really need to see that next week against Denver. I mean, I, like just hosting primetime football when you're not playing your best, you're going into the final month of the season, you've got a two-game lead in the division, 
but with two games left against the second place team, like you don't want to have a situation where you go into Saturday night and you lose in front of a rabid crowd. I mean, like I think this week is really important for the Lions to be able to make a statement and just build some good juju going into the final weeks because I I feel like they've lost some of that juju they had they had you know early in the year. I think so too. I think they're going to be motivated. I'm not afraid to say that. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, when I looked him in the eyes, looked like someone who had just stared in the mirror and screamed at themselves for an hour straight. Like, that's what he looked like after this game. And his teammates are trying to pick him up. But yeah, this is this is a time to put that, that word to reality. Show that motivation. Show that culture that you've spent the last three years building because, like you said, here comes some adversity. Uh, we'll be back midweek with another mailbag. Make sure you get those questions in via the subtext program. Uh, just go to any Lions right on live. Uh, go to the bottom. There's free promotions. Uh, hit us up with a text. Get those questions in. It's a pretty cool program. Um, and then the Lions are back home on Saturday mm. for primetime. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, my body is too old for all these primetime games. Oh, man, I know it's um, but it'll be, a, it'll be a good one. Dan Campbell versus Sean Payton, Lions versus Broncos. A lot of storylines going into the these home stretch here of, uh, of the season. I'm Ben, like, the, the, their magic number is, what, still three with four to go? Yeah. We have two games against the Vikings. It's some compelling football. The home stretch is here.